In the world of Hollywood, movies get greenlit and redlit. They get remade and rebooted. But we are the ideal. I'm Sam Gash, and you are listening to Ideal Remake. Thank you for listening to Ideal Remake. We take movies that either have been, will be, or should be remade and talk about what the ideal version of that remake would be. The Digivolution is up and running. Did you see? Did you hear? Did you know it was coming? Our Digi Destiny starts today, so let me hear you say if Digimon the movie is a movie that has been, will be, or should be remade. That's almost a trick question. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So what do you think? Is Digimon the movie a movie that has been, will be, or should be remade? The answer might be no. The answer might be like, let's let sleeping dogs lie and let's bury yeah, the I'd... past, kill it, let leave it for dead. <laughs> the, yes, the answer is no. All right. Thanks, guys. See you next time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'd say it's been remade approximately three times at this point. Yeah, that's fair. I think that's it, probably a good assessment. It has been actually, right? Because there was the, there was, Sam, do we, are you introducing us? Are we saying our names or like? I'm going to get to that. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it has been because, like, there is the new series and there was Digimon Try, and from what I understand, the general reaction to both has been, like, <laughs> Well, so, yeah, I Digimon Try was kind movie. of... Digimon yeah. Try is kind of like a stylistic remake. Uh, the new Digimon anime, the first two episodes are literally the movie. Oh, really? I've not but, seen it, so... Yeah, but it's just com- combined the plot of the movie with an origin story for the main characters. But there's also, if you go back a few years, there's also the film Summer Wars, which is by the same director and is, again, basically the same premise, just without the Digimon. Yeah. And then you blend on Digimon the movie itself, which is technically a remake of the original Japanese films in the sense that they took the source material of three Nyan related movies and just kind of put them in a blender with some ska, <laughs> and it was legally a film. <laughs> <laughs> the the movie the movie ends with All Star. I I I had forgotten that. <laughs> like, I, it's I such we'd all repressed that. I knew that I knew that there was Shrek. I knew <laughs> that there was. I knew that there was Mystery Men. I assumed that there had to be at least like two or three others within that rough span of a couple years for somehow I somehow I had forgotten this one I knew it had bare naked ladies and less than Jake and like a bunch of other a bunch of other nonsense like that but yeah I I was not prepared when the this, this quote-unquote <laughs> movie has a soundtrack but oh, talk about a... that in a minute before we do any go, go any further uh let's have you introduce yourselves Tanner why don't you go first uh, well, first off, I just I have to argue that the movie doesn't end with All Star. I would rather say the movie has a moment that All Star plays and then it screeches to a halt. <laughs> okay. Uh, but no, I'm Tanner. I'm an associate of the podcast. Um, I I don't unlike many of the guests that I've heard on this show. I don't have any connections to the movie industry. I work in a grocery store. I'm an essential worker, and it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I know of Sam because he was a few months ago on my own podcast. Not if I remake you. For, no, not if I reboot you first. See, they're so <laughs> similar that I just put, I DNA digivolved them together in my head. <laughs> I mean, that poor cat's going to need its tail ring back eventually. <laughs> uh, Claire, uh, how do I know you? Uh, yeah, it's a weird question. We nebulously met at some point during high school. 
it, like for a lot of different people, I'm able to determine, like, I, I kind of met them at this point, but it's just like Claire high school at some point. Yeah. I, I think that the thing that was really interesting about that was um, at one point during high school, we had a conversation, which was, how did we meet each other? And I said, we met during this like graphic design class. And you said, no, I sat by you on the first cl- day in the graphic design class because I knew I already knew you. And then I was like, I was like, so how did I know you? And I said, I, I don't know. We, don't, <laughs> so, we legitimately don't know. We, it just, it just has always been. It, indeed. <laughs> Truly. This was the way. You know what? Much like a, much like a little monster from another world. When, when we met each other, we just knew that our friendship was destined to be. And by Aww. working together, we, uh, we became stronger versions of ourselves and brought out the best in each other. Oh, I like it. We were the crest of friendship all along. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Uh, okay, so then this is going to be a weird episode. Like, on um, apparently the episodes 25, 50, and 75, I do something weird. So Digimon the movie is such a, I want to call it a unique filmic experience in the sense that it's not one movie. It's three movies that got mashed together poorly, and then they just released it in theaters. Yeah, I, and, I, I actually think it's fine. I don't think it's, I mean... I'm one of the, so. You're a Digimon the movie apologist? I am. I am. (laughs) I very much am. I, so I was on another podcast about Digimon uh, a few years ago, actually. I was on, there's a podcast called the Gameable Podcast. And the premise of that is that you watch like a TV show or a movie, and then you talk about how you would design a role-playing game based on it. And I was on, I was on for an episode about the Digimon TV show. And yeah, and then we watched the movie as well as part of the episode and everybody hated it. And they were like, yeah, it's so bad. It's so whatever. And I'm like, I like, I, I, I don't, I like it. I don't know. I don't like the, the, I actually think that it's kind of smart the way that they melded the three stories together. I think it kind of works. Like if you don't know that that's what they did, I think you could convince yourself that it's not. I mean, I also watch a lot of Power Rangers, which also takes, you know, <laughs> old source footage and melds in new things and, like, tries to convince you that it was something that it never was. And, uh, you know, I guess I guess I'm, at this point, I am just unaffected by that uh, phenomenon, so. I think all I can say to that is ay 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 ay. I mean, the thing about Power Rangers is that when they're trying to make something new, they have the ability to add new footage. Yes. And... Angela Anaconda notwithstanding, that wasn't necessarily an option on this. So, <laughs> and I, well, I try you, to be the apologist. Yes. Well, no, no, uh, no franchise gets more mileage out of the power of ADR than the Digimon <laughs> English dub, which, uh, like, basically, you know, seventy percent of the storyline content that you get from Digimon is delivered <laughs> exclusively through ADR and I do not care. Yeah. <laughs> I'm see, I'm almost in the same camp as you in the sense that they they had connect they added connecting threads that at least made it make sense if you yeah. paid attention and had some kind of background familiarity with Digimon. If you were coming in not knowing what was happening it was completely impossible. And oh, yeah. totally. This is not this is not for anyone except for people who really like Digimon. But as someone who really likes Digimon, this movie is for me. So yeah. fair. Like I it mean, actually we're, we're all people who saw Digimon when we were kids, right? Like this is yeah. oh, this yeah. is full nostalgia glasses, everything about childhood. Oh, like 
the thing I liked most about this movie when I rewatched it for this was remembering how my entire Boy Scout troop could quote it backwards and forwards. <laughs> yes, indeed. They're amazing. This. So the thing I, I enjoy about this movie and like Digimon in general, one thing that I think is really cool about the, the English dub specifically, um, like a thing that bothered me when I rewatched, when I watched Digimon try when it came out is they just like adapted the Japanese version into English, like faithfully. And it was fine, but there was something missing <laughs> because for me, for me, the essence of Digimon is that that original English dub is like basically halfway between being a faithful dub and being something like Yu-Gi-Oh! The Abridged series where, <laughs> where they basically are just at every opportunity cramming in as many jokes and as much dumb shtick as they can like and there's some of that in the original but they just like turn that up so much and like that's the thing i really enjoyed about the movie as well is just how much like the puns the wordplay the just the silliness you know the recurring gags like it's just it's just delightful it's been a while since i've watched the original series does the sense of humor in the movie match the sense of humor from the tv show because i couldn't remember it being exactly like this felt more jokiness for jokies sake than what i remembered about the show the show is extremely jokey all the time (laughs) it is it is like yeah every time there's just like an establishing shot of some like panorama of scenery some some like voice actor is doing some silly voice and making some pun about something in the, some background element. Like it's just, it's just packed. I mean, you know, like, that was, that was Mimi's job. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, like the, you know, um, there's this concept in, um, I, I think it's like a Japanese thing. It's like ma, which is the idea of like alternating between action and inaction. It's a big thing in filmmaking, especially in like studio Ghibli filmmaking where there's pure, there's for every period of like something happening, there is a period of like rest and just, like, establishing shots and, like, insert shots and stuff like that. And just, like, everything's a lot slower. It's like someone... That's what Digimon is, but then they just put dumb shtick in in all of the, <laughs> in all of the supposed to be quiet parts because Americans have no attention span. That does sound like <laughs> us. Uh, all right, well, okay. <laughs> I'm not saying this is a this is a good thing, but uh, no, no, I'm, I, I am I, saying it's a good thing. But I'm uh, trying to figure out how to elegantly transition, and it's not going well. <laughs> I mean, I big let's, mood. Let's uh-huh. take a page so, out of the film and just change. Sure. Uh, well, so I, I, the, made, I, just made a, of, I just made a trans joke, and nobody got it, but it's fine. Oh, uh, ap- apologies. <laughs> I was too in my own head. <laughs> so I, I think I want to ask you guys what what do you like about Digimon? What are your favorite parts of the show? How does watching Digimon make you feel? And in what ways does the movie like do that or not do that for you two? Tanner, uh, I think so. The two biggest parts of Digimon that have always been important to me were how you start with a whole bunch of like disparate kids that end up becoming friends with each other because of the stuff they're going through. And that's something that you can kind of get in any kind of show, really. But the other important thing that is much more unique to Digimon is the bond between the kids and their partners, their Digimon partners. And you see how they affect each other. You can see how the Digimon kind of represent something of the kids' personality that reflects back on them and helps them to grow. And in turn, when the kids actually start developing as characters, that gets reflected in the Digimon. And they're able to get stronger. They can Digivolve further. The, like, 
the their ability to become stronger is directly tied to the kids having emotional breakthroughs. Yeah. And that's something that stays true through all of the seasons, except season four, because that was Power Rangers. Although we even the middle of that in season four, too. <laughs> season four is also fine. But season yeah, I, four is fine. I think that that's, yeah, that's really good. Like, yeah, literal, uh, your, 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 your internal metaphorical character growth at arcs literally makes your monster, like, grow in Power Ranger terms. And yeah, your, your <laughs> monster transforms when you transform. When you transform metaphorically, your monster transforms literally. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, when I was a kid first watching this, it was very much like uh, the turn my brain off. Hey, look at the cool things. And I like, cause I've always had like the collector brain of, Ooh, what's this one going to turn into? What's that one going to turn into? And just like kind of the mad, like the magical world of it all. Um, when I've since, as I've personally gotten older and gone back to it, I've picked up more on exactly what Tanner was saying of these personal revelations and realizing what your inner strength is as a human being and what, what you are able to contribute and how, that helps a dynamic how that helps your friends and how that 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 partnership that you develop with something that you would think you would be more different from than anyone else or anything else like can grow just because no matter how different people are they can share this amazing bond and that's something where and that's kind of like as that i've appreciated more and as i've watched further series so for the first three seasons of Digimon. Um, so the, the first Digimon adventure, and then what's the one with the eggs? Is that Tamers? That's it's zero two. two. And the third zero one two. is Tamers. If you third want to call it, like, I mean, I just call them season one, two, and three because I'm, yeah. I'm American. So. Yeah, good. Okay. So for me, like I kind of haven't, like, I think I enjoyed season, I enjoyed season one a lot. And then I feel like I enjoyed season two more. And then I enjoyed, I, season three is my favorite. Oh, really? Cool. Because like, because Especially of, uh, be- Rika and Renamon, clearly. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. That was, that was a, that was a suspicious not, confirmation. You were not, into Scary Jerry. Not because of Impmon. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh Impmon. Impmon was the best. Yeah. Impmon's arc fills my heart with sadness and then with joy. Yeah. It's, uh, it's Prince Zuko-level redemption is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but like, and just like kind of watching, like even the storytelling develop over these seasons and, and just like, cause it's, I'm sure that I have like experience with like deep lore worlds prior to that. I mean, I read all of uh, little house in the prairie. I understand lore, (laughs) (laughs) but it was like, kind of like that developing background and knowledge and how that pushes further into further story. And just like, Again, this is just one of those things that further indicated that I was going to become a writer and didn't realize it until I'm like a proper adult. But like realizing just like the, the storytelling and those strings and those seeds planted early on bearing fruit in later, like years and years later is just so fascinating to me. And that's kind of why I love season three so much because it's all, it's so much more lore, but it's still staying truthful to that. Totally. Like, even just brutally murdering Leo Mon. That's what he's there yeah, for. It is. That is what he's there for. Claire, did, did you answer your own question? Uh, not really. I mean, I talked about the dumb puns and stuff, but that's not really the heart of uh, what I like about Digimon. Uh, to say to say for me, I mean, that is. Like, it genuinely is. That is just very silly. But um, 
one thing that I think that Digimon does well, obviously all the things that you've said, but also there are moments in it that I think really capture um, this sense of like wonder and possibility and like scale that I think is really um, inspiring. Uh, the t- a time that For I sure, think yeah. that a time that I think that it did it really well in the movie in terms of like, it's just like a very, and and the other thing that it does is that it's very, it's just nice. Like, it's just nice to see people hanging out and being friends and being, being nice to each other. Like there's, there's some times that I think the movie did it really well is when um the scene where Davis and Willis ride on Raidramon through like the fields. And there's some like little kids that run alongside them and are like waving at them. Like, that's just that's just great. Like um, I agree that it reminds me of uh, there's a similar mo- moment in Steven Universe where in the, in Lion Two is the episode where you both Steven Universe watchers. I know Sam is Tanner. Are you? I'm aware of it enough. I can follow. Okay, cool. Well, there, there's a similar moment in Steven Universe where Steven and Connie are riding on Lion. And, um, and they're like, they start running and then he starts running towards like on like the beach towards water. And they're like, what are you doing? And then he starts running across the surface of the water. And these two kids are riding on a magic lion over this, like over these waves. And there's like, you see like fish swimming beneath them. And it's like, this is just, and I cried the first time I've, I watched it. And like, for just like no reason, there's like, there's no conflict. There's not, it's just like, and I was just like overwhelmed by these emotions. And I, I get the same feeling like, when, you know, for instance, Gatomon first evolves into Angewomon, you're just like, your jaw just drops and you're like, what the hell is like, it's just over <laughs> this feeling of like, kind of magic and possibility and the digital world itself is like, really big and mysterious, you know, and I think there's a lot of there's a lot of power in that, like, um, and then um, another thing that I think it does very well is in some ways the the tonal weirdness in that it's like it's so dense and so fast paced and so it's silly and it's sad and it's action and it's like all genres turned up at the at the same time like all the sliders all of the knobs turned up all the way it's it's sort of like Scott Pilgrim in a certain way i feel yeah. like at its best where it's like this is very silly and the they're making a dumb joke during the fight with the main villain and you feel like you're gonna cry because it's so beautiful and there's a giant like dinosaur that's shooting missiles out of his nipples and what the hell is that <laughs> like and it's just everything all the time <laughs> like it's it's world building scale storytelling on such an incredibly massive level and then serving that in such a way that children understand that like for me, Digimon has kind of always been the gold standard of world building and storytelling, partly because it was among my first, but also because it does it so well. Yeah. And then it takes that world and spins it into a giant corkscrew going up to the sky. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it's also like, it, it is, literally limitless possibility like this is a place where whatever can be imagined can become a reality it's i would describe it as a not super christian narnia (laughs) yes it is it is the atheist's narnia yeah and at a time like yeah the silliness of the world evokes at at moments for me things like adventure time or whatever you know yeah absolutely 
And like, like, you know, obviously like Digimon is sometimes like corny as hell and bad and weird. Like, cause I mean, <laughs> what do you want? But like at its best, I feel like all of these things that we've been saying about it are, are very true. Um, yeah. And I feel like this movie does some of this stuff, but like, it all, it's only like about a third of what we're talking about. It actually like gets into because it like, it, it it's just like, it's just like all of it's, it's so focused on a single protagonist for each like segment a lot of the time. And like the rest of the team isn't really doing anything because like, Oh, there's, there's not really time. I don't really know if you could do that in a movie, but for me, like that ensemble is so important. Like, I yeah. don't know. Like, mm-hmm. So for me, what I think the movie does especially for people who had been fans of the original show is like, because you get to the end of the show and you think like, ah, well, I've kind of seen it all. Like they've literally hit the maximum. They've peaked. This is, this is the end of the world. This is, they literally broke the entire world, saved it. And it's now been built up again and it's good. But then the movie gives you this essence and it opens with Omnimon. So all of a sudden you think, oh, wow, this, like you thought they were done. This was the end, but then there's this new possibility. So that said, have so it's Claire. It sounds like you have not watched any of the new Digimon Adventure twenty twenty. I have not, uh, but Tanner, you have. I've watched the first three episodes, which essentially sum up the events of the middle part of the Digimon movie. Uh, right. So the, the the show opens with that. So I've watched the first five episodes, which is all that's been released, um, and it opens basically with our war games. They get sucked into the computer, they go defeat this virus, and it literally, in the span of the first two, three episodes, we go from, I have met Agumon, oh hey look, I'm riding on Omnimon. Wow, that's that's nuts to do in like three episodes. Yeah. It, it is at that point that the show lost me. Because if yeah. you are starting at the end point, you have nowhere to go. And what wow. I think the movie does amazingly, and I understand that they're like trying to reclaim this idea behind it, but like nonetheless, and even, even from a, but even from a storytelling perspective, they then did it better in episode five. In episode five, we get to see kind of the shadow of all the different chosen digi-destined Digimon, like the shadows of their mega evolutions. And that's, or their mega forms, excuse me, mega evolution is Pokemon. I was going to say, are you dropping up? A- Pokemon language on here. You're banned from this podcast. They I'm are not the do- enemy. I'm not doing it intentionally, but I, I am going to try to get this uh, shiny party wormple the best buddy. That's important and different. Um, <laughs> uh, but ba- but basically, like Sam, Sam, you're out there running around playing your Pokemon Go all the time, catching all these different Pokemon. But is it really filling the hole in your heart? Don't you need to just find that one monster who's right for you? That one partner who will finally fill that hole? Isn't that isn't that really the answer? Pokemon Go gave us an option to make a Pokemon our best buddy. So I can finally have that best buddy. So I have 36 uh, I, I, best buddies. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, have, I have not played pokemon go since like the summer it came out to be fair so yeah miss missing out <laughs> all right carry on i apologize but what i, what I was gonna say is that like in this episode in the most recent episode episode five they give us this shadow of things to come and that effectively gives us this sense of wonder and expectation to drop it in episode two or three i was like okay that's the end what, like you've like you've already reached the point where that's the end of the power scaling mm-hmm for no reason and 
for nothing. Like even for the bad, like the bad guy pushed you to that point. Why can't the bad guy just do that all the time? And we're still fighting with Greymon. Like what are you, what are you expecting from us? Yeah. And so, but for me, for the movie, it's after having watched this entire series and okay, Metal Gurumon, War Greymon are like the pinnacles of here's what we can achieve. And then to kind of push it just that little bit more for people who were watching the movie were like, it was something we'd never conceived of. And then like them making this giant, amazing night. It's, it's absolutely not for anyone who's never watched the TV show, but for everyone who had watched the whole TV show, it's something we didn't know we wanted. And then it gave it to us. Yeah. You know, it's funny how you mentioned that because I think one of my biggest problems with the Digimon movie as it is, is that you like getting Omnimon, that whole sequence is awesome. And it's great because it's kind of like what I what we were saying about the emotional connections leading to greater strength just taken up to 11 because it's not just Ty and Matt and their passion for their partners. It's literally the children of the entire world sending them their energy and saying, please, we believe that you can defeat the virus. And that is what creates Omnimon is all of these children across the world giving them their hopes and dreams. And you have that huge, powerful climax. And then you have to slog through another half hour of davis antics essentially and because of that the i am also a davis apologist he is like possibly my favorite digidestined i love him here's the thing i I like apologist i had a crush on him when i was his age but (laughs) i like vimon i hate (laughs) davis davis um, is the best vimon david david i hate him vimon (laughs) Oh, I just want him to be my friend. <laughs> okay, so if if anyone wants to have just a delightful time, um, so the the podcast that I do, um, the the Extraordinary League is the actual play RPG that we do um, as part of Smash Fiction or did before the podcast like kind of ended. Um, if you go back to, uh, I believe it's I believe it's April Fools' twenty nineteen. Um, we did a special episode where I ran an, a, a session of the game instead of normally my brother runs the RPG. And the basic thing is it's a, um, it's like a crossover where we all play our favorite fictional characters going on adventures, traveling between worlds. My brother plays Vimon in that one throughout the course of it. And his partner is uh, Rosa Diaz from Brooklyn <laughs> Nine-Nine. <laughs> and it is the most delightful thing uh, you will ever hear in your life. And it is just a standalone, like, silly little episode. Uh, if you if you all want to hear my brother doing an extremely good Vimon impression. So. Rosa! Rosa! Yes, Rosa! <laughs> sorry, sorry. That makes me smile. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, but I would, like... But yeah, so the climax of the actual, like the actual end of the film, coming after all the Omnimon stuff, it just doesn't affect me nearly as much yeah. because it doesn't live up to the power that Omnimon has emotionally. I, I agree. Think, I think that it's actually an example of I think handled well or handled poorly. Um, Digimon going like bigger and more and stronger than ever can be like very good or very bad, and I think that the the difference between these two climaxes is an interesting case study in that in the first one it is like you know ty and matt give their strength to their digimon when they're at their weakest and all of the kids who are watching them from around the world lend their strength because they want them to win and blah 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 power of friendship in the second one it's because hold on hold on let me think about this it's angemon and angewoman become seraphimon and magnadramon and doing so releases the golden digi eggs, and then that allows 
Vmon and Terriermon to become Magnamon and Rapidmon, and they're gold now. <laughs> For, if I remember correctly, no previously established reason. You are correct. Yep. <laughs> so I Especially because Serapimon and uh, what was uh, Gatamon's final form? Magnadramon. Have also Magnum. never been seen before. Right. And uh, just goes from cat to lady to cat again. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and all of a sudden it's like, they are mega level. Let's go help out these two to make them ultra level. And it's like, mm, yeah. I, I don't think you need to. I think you two yeah. are good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, like... That's, I think, the example, the contrast between, I, I think that with Digimon, it's good to start with the, the like, the metaphor, the emotion, the character stuff, the growth, and then allow the awesome power stuff to flow from that metaphorically, as opposed to starting with the cool, awesome power thing, and then being like, and, uh, you know, whatever, just because it's cool, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, do you, do you want to... Sorry, Sam, you, you want to... So, like... that that brings me to my my pitch. So, my pitch is going to be a, a basic pitch, and I'm sure both of you kind of have ideas of where to go from this. But part of what I think is wrong with the, uh, the movie as it is, is order. I think that the sequence of this lone Digidestin getting these two... Uh, like Digimon twins and kind of like wanting to bring friendship into the world is something that we should have opened with. And I feel like that should be the segment that comes first and building up this friendship ends up leading to the Kaiju battle in the first section. For me, my pitch is it's that Digidestined, uh, doing that. And then the Kaiju battle isn't between these two random Digimon who, it's Greymon because that's like the figurehead of Digimon, but it's these two twin brother Digimon, the one that was corrupted and the one that was not. And that's the kaiju battle that all the other Digidestined see and is what unlocks, uh, like is what makes them the Digidestined. That I think is the order it needs to go in. And then when the, the twin is defeated, that whatever had been infecting it, the dark spore, let's say that's been infecting this, uh, this Digimon gets into the internet and it's all of a sudden it's in a world where we have all of this focused digital. It's like it goes from the digital world to the real world and gets into the network and the web and the internet. And that's when it starts taking over. And that's when we get kind of like the, the end. Cause really the whole purpose of the Digimon movie is it gives us the bookends, the beginning and the end of these digivolutions. It's what ha- gets it going and then what kind of finalizes the story. And that's where I think it belongs. Like, I like the idea of this one person on their own trying to bring everything together, but it's so separate that I feel like it needs to be a part of the greater world. I, and I, I have further I see, pitches about that, but keep going. Sure. I see, what, I see where you're going with this. And I have kind of, I'm kind of of two minds about it. Um, I, I feel like, I feel like it's weird to start with Willis and the two like Digimon kids. If he's not going to also become the main character at the end. Um, Hold on. I I don't know if we want to do the, the baton pass like handoff midway through the movie. Um, Like, I mean, I'll, I'll hold on if you, if you can try to try to sell me on it because like, I, (laughs) I don't want Willis. Oh, okay. (laughs) 
I well, want there are. to be someone, but I want it to be someone whose fate and destiny is intertied with all these other kids. So I want this character to then be going and trying to save the, the corrupted twin. And like that's getting all their focus. And then this other one escapes and then gets to Kari and uh, uh, Ty. And like it, it finds like, it's like my, my partner needs help. And I found you. Will you also help? And so that then it's these these running parallel stories. Mm-hmm. But I don't want it to be Willis. Willis is a random American kid who I've never given a care about. Like, I'm perfectly happy with it being a young genius. But I think it needs to be someone who is digi-destined and is already tied in with these kids. And I think it needs to be kind of the instigator and then eventually the antagonist because he himself can become corrupted by, say, a digi-spore. But at the end of the day, it was friendship that he was pursuing because he was trying to create more friends for both himself and everything and, and everyone else. And that's why he eventually gets the crest of friendship, because I think it should be Ken. Ken gets the crest of kindness. Yeah, kindness, excuse to... me. Excuse me. <laughs> no, no, whatever. But Not I think it's you explain you, but yes, I'm sorry. I was yes. Uh, friendship I was like, is friendship is gonna be friendship is Matt. Matt, uh, whatever. I don't remember. I remember love, and I remember something else. I remember love and courage. But basically, I want it to be Ken because Ken is the instigating force behind all this, and like he causes this thing that instigates everyone else. But it's also kind of the reason that he gets left behind. So, like, he is the ninth Digi-Destined, and instead of having this person who has literally nothing else to do with them, give it to this other person who is a part of the Digi-Destined and is going to be this thing that we're going to discover in this series that this movie's supposed to be leading us into anyway. I, I don't really have strong <laughs> feelings as to, yeah, I don't really have strong feelings as to whether it's Willis or whether it's Ken. I sort of see what, what you're going with here, but I for me, I think, like, I think that you're we're getting dangerously close to becoming the second kind of movie that I that I, I mentioned. We're talking about logistics. I think we can like start with theme, start with like simplicity, and I want things to flow from that. Um, like, is there a theme that you're thinking of that this is like tying to, like a uh, like a like a message that this is that this is um, this is stating for you? Well, I think the message for me is friendship because at the end of the day, that's what Digimon. What is about and friendship? Has been. And it's because um, the, the Willis kid, for the most part, is alone with the exception of the two Digimon. I, but I as soon think, as he's with... Go ahead. I actually think that the third segment does a good job with giving Willis this theme where, uh, if you look at it, I was, I was watching it now, throughout when, when the kids show up, when Kyrie and um, TK show up and they say to Willis... Hey, what's going on? What's this Digimon? We can help you. We have Digimon too. He says, get away. You're in danger and pieces out. And then later when he, when he meets up with like uh, Davis and Yoli and stuff like that. And Cody, uh, they're like, Hey, what's going on with this Digimon? He's like, um, he's like, stay away. Everyone who comes near me gets hurt, gets hurt. And then they like get with him. And he's like, you need to start telling us what's going on. And he eventually like slowly over the course of it gives them little bits more and more and more of the story. I think that Willis kind of is already this character that you want him to be like i don't know i i think that like 
you can, rather than make it into Ken, who, by the way, doesn't have a connection to the original season, like, of people, you can make it, you can just, like, give Willis a connection to the the earlier people, rather than changing, would you change Ken's to Digimon? Like, I, I just don't see what that's gi- giving us. I think, like, just make it Willis, like, make him connected to the kids, if that's, yeah. if that's what you want. And then with Ken, it's like, it it would totally suck to have a whole movie about him realizing that, because Willis's whole arc, it starts with him he has no friends, so then he gets friends. And then he tries to make more friends, and that backfires, so he kind of regresses. And when we meet him, it's like, I am no longer deserving of friends, because I will just hurt them. And that's why he's pushing everyone away. And so he goes through that whole arc. And if you give that arc to Ken, and he finally believes he's deserving of friendship again, and then we come to season zero two, and he's become the Digimon Emperor, and gone in a completely different direction, that's gonna suck, because it kind of undoes anything we did with Ken in this movie if we were to put him in there and Ken already has a whole arc about how his older brother died and he thought the only way that he could please his parents was to essentially become his older brother like he already has his own arc about closing himself off and then learning to let people in again and I do yeah, think I, it would be more efficient to just make Willis a stronger make character better. Yeah, like, yeah make Willis a stronger character by actually giving him the time to have more development instead of cramming it into not even 30 minutes because he's sharing it with six other characters and so my pitch idea a little similar to Sam's because order is the question but I think that one of the key problems is that this movie is so spread out across time we need to kind of compress it in I would have this movie be taking place like at the same time it takes place in the last section, like it would take place just at the beginning of the Zero Two season, so we can still have the original team all grown up, and TK and Kari have hit puberty, and they're people size now. <laughs> <laughs> Old enough to take an unsupervised vacation to America. <laughs> I, but, this is Digimon. We're not allowed to have parents. Uh, yeah, that's fine. Um, hey, you take present. that back. You We're not take allowed to that back. Ty's mom, Ty's mom is a saint and quite possibly the best character in the movie. So That is Here's 100% the thing, true. You are 100% correct. That is absolutely true. She is definitely the best character in the movie. She's just trying so hard. Yeah, like Ty's mom's bad cooking is like my favorite running gag ever. I love it so much. Yeah. It, it, it's a running it's a running gag that'll give you the runs. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do like your idea where the movie begins with Willis trying to make a third Digimon and that gets corrupted and it ends up corrupting Kokomon. But I want the plot with Willis trying to chase down his rogue Digimon and ending up getting help from the second batch of kids happen at the same time as Ty and Izzy and them are trying to solve the the Diaboromon situation on the net, where we oh, can basically say that it's kind of one half of the virus got onto the internet, the other half is still in Kokomon, and then the climax could still be that they get the virus out of Kokomon, and that's what makes Diaboromon strong enough to copy-paste himself all over, and that becomes the second half of the climax on their side. All right. That's interesting. Yeah, and then you you could have the um uh if if you have like the two disparate like teams meet up, they could all combine Digimon to make Omnimon. You know, if it, that could be like or something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, if we're remaking it, we could make a whole new Digimon. I mean, yeah. There's no more than Omni though. That's already yeah. All. I was literally just thinking that. <laughs> oh, no, well, I, I, just, I mean, unless so you just go with all Mon. 
uh, if you want to go deep into the lore, there's a and Digimon. We do. There's a Digimon called Chaosmon, who's kind of like the evil version of Omnimon, and he's like literally the same idea of a shining knight with arms made of the people, and one side is Dark Dramon, and the other side is Bancho Leomon. And then he has Ultimate Chaosmon, where they put Slipemon and Valdermon in. And he's basically just a pair of angry eyes and four wow, arms. this must be what it's like to listen to someone talk about Digimon when you don't know what Digimon is. Now I know <laughs> that feeling. Because this is like water off a duck's back on my brain, but carry on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, tr- I'm trying to follow the same logic that led me to this other idea for yes. divvying up the cast. Because the ensemble is great, but w- if we take the entire cast of both seasons, we have 24 characters plus Willis and Friends. Yeah. So we do need to pair people down. I do think that the middle section is very smart with shoving people either in places where they couldn't communicate with each other or just on vacation or too busy to answer the phone. So my thinking was, we still have Ty and Izzy in Ty's apartment. Matt's still going to play a role. And then on the other side, we have Davis, Kari, TK, and Willis. So Yole and Cody are in somewhere else, and most of the rest of the team of originals are in somewhere else. But instead of Matt having to team up with his little brother TK to fight on his side, Matt ends up teaming up with Sora. Because Sora almost has a plot. She almost has an arc. And and she's the best, and it's a shame. I would replace Matt with Sora instantly. So, okay, okay. Let's just, just like, back way up. Okay. Way up. (laughs) Way up. Now... Our goal, I don't think we have stated explicitly on this podcast before, was to take this movie, Digimon the movie, as wet clay and shape it into a potential new entry point for people who do not know what Digimon is. Uh, Based on that, I don't, I think like, I think that we should limit the cast. Mm -hmm. We should not have to go all out i don't even think we need to do the the big omnimon moment necessarily i think everything is relative to the entry point of someone who's just seen it for the first time i honestly think you could do a movie where them becoming like champion or ultimate or something over the course of the movie is like enough and maybe we could do more than that maybe we do the omnimon but just to like you know like kind of walk things back a little bit i think that thinking of this as the first movie in a franchise of we're remaking digimon from and it's supposed to stand completely on its own as a series of films i think that for me the the two ways i would want to go one and i'm not necessarily sure that i like this because it doesn't it doesn't fully get everything that i want but like the obvious simplest version of this idea that i think we could do is to take the first segment and blow that up into a whole movie which would just be the kids at heightened view terrace they get a pet digimon and there's digimon that are there and you can expand it i think a little bit to like the movie as it stands would go up to about the midpoint and then the second half would be they discover there's other kids in their apartment complex who also have Digimon and that big fight that they saw makes them all come together and start making a team. And maybe instead of the one Parrotmon coming through, it would be like a handful of Digimon that have come through and they need to track them down and like defeat them to protect their apartment complex. So it would basically be like E.T. meets Attack the Block. 
as a movie. I think that's like the simplest version of this idea that works as like, you know, a very, very basic movie for people who don't know what Digimon is to like, to understand what's happening. And I think that I'm also open to a version of the story that we've, that you, that you two were discussing. I think if we do that, I think we should limit the cast, limit the scale and like, not overwhelm people with like what is happening. I don't, or they're going to feel like they're going to feel like I feel when I watch the end of the third segment and they're talking about the golden digi eggs and, and I don't know what's happening. So yeah, that, that does make a lot of sense. And I, I would love that movie. Uh, it's just, it's, it's hard for me to take that great idea of a movie. And then we lose all the other great parts from the middle section. That that's the second and third movies. <laughs> yeah, well, and here, the thing is, I feel like if this was to be an entry in a Digimon film franchise, I don't think adapting the plots of this could work as the first entry. I think if we were making a series of Digimon movies, they would have to adapt the animes first and then the films. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of what they did with sort of with Digimon Try, which I never watched. But that was basically a series of movies, right? Yeah, yeah but it was a sequel is, series. It wasn't a Yeah, it's not a it's not it's not oh, okay. for uh for for like a new audience. Okay, I'm no. interested. Yeah. Um so like now I I understand that, but if I am not mistaken, our goal is we are going to make Digimon as a new film franchise. This is not a thing for Digimon fans. Okay. Well, well, I think is, I think we need but I it's also need to do for two their parents. <laughs> well, to, look, I feel like if you're going to make a Digimon movie, you need to do you like one of the things that people who make movies often forget is like, yeah, we're going to do all the things that were great when it originally came out. The problem is, is that you're not making it when it originally came out. You're making it now. So because Digimon is a franchise that is for children, you need to be able to set, and especially if it's a movie, there are going to be people who, people who watch this movie who've never seen the show. So while I am very much of the opinion that it, there should be something in there for the for the people who are fans of this series, Digimon the movie 2000 happened. We are making this movie now in 2020. What do we need to accomplish now in 2020 to 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 remake? It's a remake. So we're yeah. to give this movie a new audience for kids who've never watched the show. Because, like, I had to track down Digimon Adventure 2020 on Crunchyroll, and it's in Japanese. If I was eight, I would not watch it. So the so what you're saying, Sam, um, are you wanting to then, like, start from even further back than I did First Principles? What is a Digimon movie without <laughs> even using this as a starting point? I think... I, I think at the end of the day, we have to. I think we have to use a little bit of the wet clay because otherwise, it's just you're just making a new movie. You're just go, cutting whole cloth. I think we need to take something from the original and basically take the parts of it that are important for a new audience. For me, I think the parts that are important for a new, like one of the parts that are important for a new audience does come from the middle section when kids from around the world are helping this Digimon save the internet and save the world and save Japan. I think that's an important piece that we need to keep because that is, because that's the audience the audience are these kids from around the world and they also like sitting in their seats, sitting at home, wherever they're watching the movie should be wanting to give their energy and believe in whatever is end- ending up happening. So, so you, you still like that as you want that, you want it that as the climax and then kind of work backwards from that. 
Yeah. I, the, the movie I, I as thought. it exists now has two, has three climaxes. Yeah. And, I, and it's, it's too many. The giant kaiju battle and believing in herself. And I feel like everyone believing in giving Omnimon is the final climax. And I feel like the kind of like false middle point is the kaiju battle. Yeah. Okay. So what about, what if it's like the sort of the way I, I pitched it where it's like, you know, E.T. meets attack the block, kids find a weird monster, and there's also monsters attacking their apartment complex. And when there's a big monster rampaging around, one of the kids and their monster, probably like, you know, it would be Tai and Kari and Agumon run out to fight it. And their Digimon transforms into Greymon and everyone, and there's like all the kids watching from the balconies. And um, like throughout the course of it, like leading up to this, maybe you could have a thing where, Ty sort of knows the other kids, but he's like kind of keeping his distance from them because like maybe, you know, he thinks they're weird or they think he's weird or like they kind of have these little interactions, but they never really, they're kind of like, you know, a little bit, a little bit separate from one another and <laughs> they never like fully l- let each other in. And especially when he starts getting the the monster, um, he's like hiding it from them because he's like, I don't want them to know. Like they can't know that I have this monster and they're all being weird to him. And then the reveal at the midpoint is after he fights this big Digimon, uh, they all have Digimon too, that they've been hiding. And like the whole team comes out and they're like, uh, let's all be friends now. Cause we all have monsters. <laughs> and then you, you mirror this. And then that's what the second half of the movie is. And then at the end they realize like, Oh, the, um, us, us, like the friendship and like the love that we have for our Digimon. Uh, are, um, so, and then the second half, not only are they're like fighting these Digimon, um, and there's also like people recording it and it's like getting up on the internet and it's like getting an internet following, you know? And then they discover that whatever this problem is, like the breach between worlds, for some reason in the end, they have to go into the internet to fight a big scary virus. And then as they do so, all the kids have been watching them and like following their adventures. They realize that like, oh, the love that we've been giving to our Digimon to let them evolve, all of the people who have been watching us online as we've been having these adventures, they also love us and our fans also love us and we can use that power. And then they, they and then all the Digimon like come together into a big old crazy, maybe Omnimon, maybe something else and they punch something at the end. And like all the kids' power friendship plus all of the fans watching at home like make, it, make a big powerful thing that wins the day. That I like, I that. like. Here, here, here are a couple tweaks that I would make to that. Sure. Um, my first is that I think we actually need to start even smaller than that. I don't think we okay. need to open with Zoom attack the block. back, further back. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I'm Basically, just kidding, yeah. Same structure, but I want to start even smaller. Like, instead of it being attack the block from the beginning, and it's all these different people fighting, leading into the giant battle, I think Ty, Kari, whatever, are trying to keep this Digimon just to themselves, and it just ends up not working. And I feel like they're trying to dodge and duck around all the other kids, just like you were saying, but because they didn't rely on their friends, they end up going into this battle. And instead of, and like, they like it ends up being this big battle. And instead of defeating it, like the Digimon's data spills out everywhere and goes everywhere, including getting on a, a wireless device. And only like when it's this failure, that then the friends come out and start helping them track down all this rogue data that's going everywhere. Okay. I feel like you start small, you just do this one story, but you skate around all the other friends who are in Heightened View Terrace mm-hmm. because they're the people who Ty and Kari should have been relying on for support anyway because they're the friends. But by avoiding them, they end up making the problem a lot bigger and a lot worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 thus we have a theme. <laughs> yes. 
And the theme is kindness, friendship. The theme, themes are statements, not words. The theme (laughs) is by working together, we are stronger than we are alone. Woo. (laughs) But yes, that that's kind of where I think the structure needs to be. Cool. I, I, Um, I think that that's great. Yeah, that makes sense. And then like other, the other elements that we like of the movie in, in the perfect, in the ideal world, we put them into future films. Yes. Yeah. And and I also right. I also think like a, a teaser you could end with is you could end with the idea like the them learning of the existence of the digital world and perhaps ending like stepping through some portal going into the digital world at the end of the first movie. Like you know what I mean? Like that's that's one way you could go. Um I, I would know, tweak just, that a little bit cuz yeah. cuz as you were you two were explaining it my idea for the ending would be that like it's similar to how the first segment ends that after the big battle, all the other Digimon are gone. Just like it was too much for them and they, they overclocked themselves, had to go back to the digital world and have Kari or whoever narrate how that like as the years went on, because it's still like, what is it, four years before the start of the actual series? Something like that, yeah. 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 As, as the years go on, like it all kind of fit, like people were still friends and still knew each other, but it kind of faded and everyone thought it was just like a weird dream. And yeah. then, like, the sequel hook just before credits roll is everyone going to summer camp, and the, that's the portal opening there that the series begins with. Yeah. And everyone's kind of like, oh, this is happening again. Yeah. Cool. I'm down with that. I'm cool with that, too. The only thing I would do is uh, no voiceover. No voiceover at all, this whole movie. I think we can go for a little bit of voiceover. I, I, obviously I, the narration- I hate voiceover in movies because it is telling, not showing. But we need, I think we'd have to say a little bit because we need someone to say, and then it faded to a dream, probably spoken a little bit more eloquently. Why? I, I think you can, I think you can have a scene where that information comes out. I, I, yeah. Yes. Okay. I, I think there's a way to make it happen where like, um, the, uh, yeah. Oh, you would be great if like the, um, afterwards, uh, after they destroy the monster, there's like, uh, suddenly like everyone's computers, like all around the world, just blue screen. And then when they turn them back on, there's no video recordings of any of the Digimon. Like, all of the data's corrupted. Yeah. And so people yeah. just have their memories. Um, I and, love that. Yeah, and, absolutely. Cause, and that just feels really weird. And then, like, as time goes on, people like t- people will, like, talk about it. And then when they'll, like, they'll, yeah, and then they'll meet up at summer camp. And they'll be like, hey, I think I know that guy. You just have, like, a scene of them at summer camp. And they'll be like, oh, really? Why? It's like... Maybe not. I don't know. It just looked familiar. You know, something like that. And then people will get the idea that, oh yeah, their memory's faded. Like, and maybe even like when it's over, not only the data's corrupted, but like their their memories are a little bit foggy when they come out of it and it just kind of fades more and more over time. You know, mm-hmm. so. Oh, yeah, I guess really cool. we, we could also have a scene like in the beginning, we could have a scene where one of the kids is like drawing a picture of their Digimon and then like near the end, one of their parents finds like, oh, I remember when you drew this. And the kid's like, oh yeah, that was like, from that weird time where I had an imaginary friend. Right, right, yeah. Oh, that's great, yeah. I mean, it I, is very imaginary friend, isn't it? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I, think, I think that the, um, that's that's actually a really cool, like, kind of metaphor to use. I, I think that the, um, there is something about Digimon and this movie in general, what has the three time periods, something that I think that it gains is it's, it's, and it, because, because both the way the movie's structured and also the fact that the movie came out in America during the middle of season two, and we got to see our friends again when they were little kids. And then we got to see them when they were like the age that we remembered. And then we got to see them when they were, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. is the, the cool thing about that is it's nostalgia. Like it's, it's longing to go back to a time that you can't go back to anymore that you don't really remember. And it's sort of this like vague, like 
fuzz, but it feels nice. And you feel this long to re- this desire to return to it. And like, I think that you could even start with them like going to summer camp, you know, or something like that. And maybe one of them's like drawing a monster. And then someone's like, what's that? It's like, oh, it's this imaginary friend. I've been drawing it for a while since I was a kid. You know what I mean? And then like, you cut I'm like, oh, really? I, I think I did that too when I was about your age. And it's like, you know, and it's like, Matt and uh, like Ty sitting next to each other, and like I'm Matt, I'm Ty, nice to meet you, or whatever, you know, like that. Yeah. And then you like, and then you cut back, and we see like the whole other thing, and then at the end, like it, it occurs to Ty, he's like looking at the drawing, he's like, fuck, <laughs> like, it, like comes back to him or something, you know. So anyway, you can even uh, go. No, I don't like that idea. I take it back. I, my idea was silly, uh, but yeah, something, something like that where we. Uh, give a hint of kind of where this is going, because I also think that this is kind of like serve the purpose of the original movie of the origins of what makes these people the digidestin, but also how it affects them. So, yeah. And I, I think that will work. Is that a a structure and a core of a movie that everyone's happy with? Oh yeah. All right. Good. We did it. Holy crap. (laughs) Yeah. So then my next question is, because we're not really doing cast because at the end of the day, I'm not that good at pulling uh, voice actors. And also because a lot of the voice actors for these characters are still around. So it's the same character. Yeah. Unless we're doing it live action. Yeah. Which we should not. So here's, here's the thing that I was struggling with, with casting. And I put it off until very close to this actual recording because I didn't know how to go about it. Um, whether we went live action or animated, I my rule was that try and find as many Japanese voice actors as I could, or at the very least yeah. Asian, because one of the other unique things about Digimon that people may or may not remember was that in a time where all these other animes were trying to convince you that they were set in America, Digimon flat out said, we are Japanese people in Japan. These other people are Americans in America, and we are Japanese people in Japan. And Ignore the fact that we have a bunch of, like, blonde characters. Don't worry about it. But that's an anime problem. Yeah. <laughs> but they were they were very explicit about it. And yes. the, all, all, me and all my friends were like, yeah, obviously you're in Japan. It's an anime. That's where it comes from. And so that was one of my rules. And then the other problem I ran into is that, okay, so there are... There are probably plenty of Japanese American actors, but we sure as hell don't know about them because they're not cast in anything. As- yeah, especially the, the addition. The additional hard thing is child actors. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like that's already hard enough, you know. So Mo- movies like this are normally and introducing. Blank. Yes, mm-hmm. this will be introducing blank, introducing blank, and introducing blank, and introducing yeah. blank. Like, yeah. This would be like a new crop of Stranger Things kids. Ex- totally. Exactly, and like, I, I do mean crop. They were grown in a lab. Exactly. <laughs> like if you were to do live action, you you could get away with having older voice actors if it was animated because you always can. But if it was live action, they would have to be unknowns. If you wanted star power, you'd be putting them all in the Digimon. Uh, that there I ran is- out of time. I only cast half of the Digimon. There is absolutely no part of me that thinks this should be live action. This is absolutely the quintessential uh, example of this is something you can't do live action, and that's why it should be animated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although, just to be like, if if I could just see what it would be for with like no loss, I do think it would be really interesting to see what a live action version of this would be, where it's like you know eight Japanese 
kids in live action with like CG monster friends. I'm like, I kind of do want to see that movie just out of curiosity, but I don't think it is. If we were doing the ideal remake, I don't think it's the ideal version of the movie. I think the ideal version is the animated one, but I would also watch that other one. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, mean, we'd all watch it just like we all watch Dragon Ball Evolution. Uh, The the reason why I think it would be particularly difficult is because everyone talks about, Oh God, I'm going to blank on his name. The main guy in uh, Rod, who framed Roger Rabbit. Roger Rabbit. No, the uh, Eddie actor. Valiant. Eddie oh, Valiant. the human. Yes, yeah. the human. And everyone talks about how his performance is so good because he is literally making eye contact with a cartoon that is not there. And then you compare it to something like Space Jam, where like Michael Jordan's doing okay. Like it's going to be so hard to get eight kids to be able to make eye contact and act opposite cartoons. And people are getting better at this all the time, but it's never quite yeah. what you want it to be. Yeah. Um, I think that um, I think that to be fair, it, in Michael Jordan's favor, it, 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 um, I think that he is doing much better at acting than uh, Bob Coskins would at, would at basketball. <laughs> you know what? That is fair. That is a fair argument. <laughs> and you know or what? Baseball, if, like if you I know, remember correctly, also true. If I remember correctly, the child actors in Space Jam were decent as well because they also had to interact with cartoons. Sort of. It's been. I don't remember many a there decade. being child actors in Space Jam. I've not seen that it's, movie. It's Michael Jordan's kids. They bring the okay. they bring the Michael Jordan's lucky shorts to uh, Bugs and Daffy, who are there to rob Michael Jordan. And was my hot take is that if you were going to do live action Digimon, it has to be Tamers, just because that's a little bit grittier. Uh, but yeah, Digimon Adventure, you want to stick with animation, yeah. just because there's so much. Like I was thinking, maybe do something where. You make the Digimon more obviously animated because they're also they are supposed to be a little bit unrealistic, but that was also the thinking that went into the Green Lantern special effects, and that's all we need to say about that. <laughs> it, I mean, the other comparison is pixels, and that's all we need to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, look. We need our monster friends for the boys and girls. <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> so I know. Okay, so. I only managed to cast about 60% of the people, and I feel like I'm going to toss most of them out just because I don't think they could ask or voice actual children. I had okay. some picks for voicing the Digimon, just in case we wanted to go with Celebrity Star Power. Uh, we can go into that a little bit. I just have writer-director. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I didn't do any casting at all. If you, want, if you want to like run down what you got, I think that's cool, but I don't have yeah. anything. T- take a couple minutes. To tell, tell us about who the Star Power is that you see voicing Garurumon. Uh, I, or because actually, the, no, answer, I, the answer is D. Bradley Baker, and then we can just move on. Oh, exactly. No, it's just because the thinking I was going into this was if if it was a big budget Hollywood film, they would much like Scoob. They probably would have bypassed the traditional cast and gone with more household names potentially. I hate that. Yeah, they always yeah, do it, and it always annoys me. It, it, it's not good, but I was like, maybe this is an interesting exercise. And it was I was trying to do people who could voice the whole line. Oh, okay. So, like, from rookie all the way to mega. Yeah, so which is is harder for some of them than others. But I had some picks, like the Gatomon line was voiced by Stephanie Beatrice. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that agreed. Because she <laughs> I could, could see do that. both the high pitched Gatomon voice and go more deeper and with the gravitas for Angelomon. Yeah, well, also like like uh, is it Salmon? What's the like the other? Yeah, Salmon. Yeah, that one's like adorable, and then like Gatomon is like cute but has a little bit of that rasp yeah so it's like i, I think it's she could do that and then like the classy lady of like angela Mon. yeah so i think it's yeah um i, I can see that that's a good pick 
And then the the other few lines I had, the Tentomon line was voiced by Griffin McElroy. <laughs> yes! Yes! I don't, I don't know who that is. Oh, he's one of the hosts of My Brother, My Brother, and Me, and he would be so good at that. He's okay. Like a- He's an adorable little nerdy boy. Yeah, and, uh, amazing. Him Plus, at great. this point, he has a good chunk of voice acting experience under his belt, so that's not as far a reach as possible. Yeah. <laughs> good. Um, then, and then the last Digimon I managed to cast was Terriermon, just because I'm used to, uh, in the Tamers version, Terriermon did actually have the same voice throughout the whole line, right up into being a giant robot bunny. Yes. And so Terriermon <laughs> was voiced by Jacob Tremblay. Who's that? He's the little name. kid from... Room, and then most recently he oh. was in Good Boys. I, I have yeah. seen neither. I've I've actually read the book of Room, but I've not seen the movie. So it, Jacob Tremblay would be good. That's also a good choice. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I got no problems with any of that. I think that those are all fun choices. I like. I think you can do the stunt casting. I think you can find fun people for this. But like, I just don't know Japanese actors well enough. Yeah, yeah, totally. And then again, yeah. the the fans are going to be more used to the voices that were in the anime, the original voices. Like, if you see someone attempt and fail to do an Agumon voice, then you're going to know that something's not right. Yeah, that's yeah. the problem. Like, like, e- like, I feel like for a little bit of this nostalgia, like, unless you're putting uh, Ryan Reynolds' voice inside a Pikachu, Pikachu <laughs> needs to sound like Pikachu. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I love that movie. Uh, but, uh, separate thoughts. So, do you, uh, Tanner, do you also have writer-director, or are we just going to defer to me for writer-director? I have a writer-director. Okay, I'll do my writer and then you do yours. All right. Uh, my writer is uh, Atsuhiro Tomioka, who uh, is one of the writers on Digimon Adventure 2020, so is kind of already acquainted with this lore. But this is also the writer for One Piece Stampede, which is the One Piece movie that came out last year, which by all accounts, and by all accounts, I mean the people I know who are fans of One Piece who saw the movie, did an excellent job. Because that's another example of tying together a massive world and dozens of characters with their own personalities and tied it together into a single unifying story and by again several accounts did an excellent job of doing that and so that's why i thought that's kind of a good writer to pull for something like this that makes sense my writer is well i was gonna say american but i just checked wikipedia she's actually british but i picked her because she has some experience with doing films that can go from very emotional to very funny and can also like do f- films that are have enough family elements that kids will like them, but also will entertain adults, especially adults of very old franchises. So she's Christina Hodson, and she's the writer for both Bumblebee and Birds of Prey. Ooh, good choice. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's a good choice. So why don't we do this? Why don't we have the movie written by Atsuhiro Tomioka and then Christina Hodson translates it? Oh, that would make a lot of sense. Since- Another one who I who I think could be cool. I don't know a ton of Japanese directors, but I was thinking of um, Makoto Shinkai. For director did- or for writer? Both, possibly. Hold on a second. Uh, yeah, because he was the guy who did uh, Your Name. Um, have you guys seen that movie? I haven't. Tell me about it. Yeah, it's an it's an animated movie from 2017 uh, that is extremely good that uh, y'all should see. It's uh, it's basically about a, a a teen girl living in the Japanese countryside, and there's also another character who is a teen boy who is living in Tokyo, and uh, one day they end up swapped bodies, uh, and end up like living each other's lives, and it's it's like a sort of weird, uh, touching, funny, 
sad, nostalgic. It does that Digimon thing well of like all the emotions at once all the time. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. so uh, I, I think that that, that um, he'd be, he'd be pretty good at it. I haven't seen any of his other stuff. I don't know him that well. I just, I just like your name and I looked up who wrote it. And I saw it was written and directed by the same guy. So say the name again, please. If you don't uh, mind. Makoto Shinkai. Cool. Uh, Tanner, who did you have for director? I decided that it was best to go back to the roots. So my director is still Mamoru Hosada, who directed both the first and second segments of the original Digimon movie. So if we are sticking with something that is mostly contained to the first segment with just a little bit of the second part, he would make a lot of sense. Interesting. All right. I went back to the roots a little bit. Now, say that name again. Now, Mam- now, do you have you heard of Haim Saban? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, don't uh, get me started on Papa Haim. Oh man, um, it's Makoto. What was the last name? Uh, mine was uh, Mamoru Hosoda. So, I also went back to the roots a little bit because Mamoru Hosoda had an assistant director in that original Digimon the movie, and that assistant director was is named Tatsuya Nagamine, and. Tatsu, uh, Tatsuya Nagamine has gone on to become a director in their own right and recently directed Dragon Ball Super, the Broly movie. And the reason why I picked that is because the Dragon Ball Super Broly movie, the story in that movie is garbage. So I don't <laughs> want the writer for that movie, but the action is fantastic. And especially because we're dealing with animation and we're dealing with an action movie. Like it's an action comedy. Like, we need someone who is able to do that. Now, Dragon Ball Super, again, terrible movie, but it was funny and the fights were good. And so that's why I thought Tetsuya Nagamine would make for a good choice. I think at the end of the day, we should probably go with uh, Makoto Shinkai because I probably want a director who's good. Um, uh, I will say that your name is the highest grossing anime film of all time at the time of its release. Right. That so there's also that so like it's, it's extremely good. It's extremely Yeah, like good you you want to get like the director, that's the director yeah. to get. Yeah. So like if it were me, I would have the original written by Atsuhiro Tamioka and then for English audiences translated by Christina Hodson and then all of that directed by uh Mahoto Shinkai. Is that, that something we can all be happy with? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Cool. Did anybody cast musicians? Um, uh, the bare naked well, what, ladies. Less what are the Jake? hottest oh, songs like, of today? Uh, I feel than, like it's less than Jake. It's, not, it's, it's not last year. Oh, I, I, I was looking at top twenty because top twenty of today wouldn't fit to capture the essence of the original Digimon movie. You have to look at the ska of today, and so yeah, less than Jake put out an EP just last year, and it's still good. Um, I was cool? I was doing research earlier, like a half an hour before this podcast. Uh, I found a band called Millington with a song called Beat Down Generation that fits exactly <laughs> with the aesthetic. Uh, I am also, so down for this. There's I'm a group so I listen to called The Interrupters, which are ca- kind of sonically a little bit like Mighty Mighty Boston's, I would say. Um, and then also going beyond ska into just normal rock, but I also feel like some songs by the Beaches would also fit into this film. I'm down for all of that. Sounds amazing. <laughs> I, I also think you could do some, uh, depending on what you're going for, some kind of like mixed in, some kind of like moody, atmospheric stuff. Maybe like I don't know, like 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 Joji or like uh, Low is like this post rock band, and they have like weird kind of. Anyway, there's like. Or just or just wall to wall ska all the time, but yeah. <laughs> well, like I Get said, you know, if, if, early. to use the concept of ma, you need like the rest. You need like the action. You need the ska, but then you also need like 
some like chill post rock vibe. We, yeah. See, we'll have the Ma in the original version, and then when we bring it over, Christina Hodgson works her magic, puts all the great <laughs> jokes and ska yes. in the background. Yes. Okay. And just cut out all of the silent moments and put in ADR jokes. Great. Exactly. That that is that will be her explicit instructions. The first people have to write like a relatively serious movie, and then like, <laughs> she just has to... amazing. I mean, terrible, but amazing. <laughs> Great. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I think we have a movie. Are, are there any pieces we're missing? Let me take a look at my notes to see if there's anything we didn't cover. I mean, the only thing I think we didn't cover is who's going to do a remix of the DigiRap, but I think we can <laughs> move on from that. I've, I don't know who I would pick personally. Actually, no, I do know who I would pick personally. It'd be Lil Nas X. But if we didn't get him, I feel like it would end up being Cardi B. <laughs> uh I mean, the honest truth is uh, the person they would probably get is uh, just based on the success of um, Into the Spider-Verse, they'd probably get Post Malone. Oh. Yeah, that's fair. I don't think Post Malone would cover Digirap. I think he'd be covering Hey Digimon. Okay. Yeah, that's that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. And then um, Jaden can I mean, cover the Digirap. Maybe, you can maybe get, like, Childish Gambino for the Digirap. I'm to... I mean, that's what we all want, but he might be busy. He does have uh, a lot going on. Yeah. That's Anything that's a very that's start? a very white person answer I know because I don't actually know that much about hip hop and I <laughs> yeah I, I I don't know much about music in general so that's why I'm like you 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 two talk about bands I'll be over here I mean I don't know that much about music either I'm just like I found a Spotify play this is like the modern Scott I'm like good give it yeah you 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 did good we're we're very, we're very happy and pleased <laughs> yeah uh, Claire did we miss anything no I think I think we got it all yeah I I think we've got a movie. Uh, so this is Digimon the Movie 2020. Excellent yeah. work. Yeah, we did it. Uh, so I guess now's the time for uh, plugs. What 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 you two got going on that you want to talk about? Tanner, do you want to tell people about Not If I Reboot You First? Sure. Uh, I have a podcast that Sam has guested on called Not If I Reboot You First that I uh, host with my friend Lindsay. And it's a podcast where we take our favorite properties that's what they're called our favorite properties and we remake them before hollywood has the chance to so it's a little bit like brainstorming fan fiction because we don't go nearly as in-depth as this show does but we also cast a wider net so we sometimes look at tv shows and books and comics and we'll do adaptations or sequels or i i made the empire records musical that they announced but haven't had any news about yet so i mean the episode i did was none of those things we we rebooted movie theaters yeah. In the, in the time like, of coronavirus, we redid movie theaters. Yeah, that so far that's the most esoteric one that's happened. I did have one friend come, say that I she wanted to it. I had one friend say that she wanted to do the entirety of Dungeons and Dragons and I was like, "You're welcome to, but I feel like we can't fit that all in one podcast." The, they've done that already. It's Savage Worlds. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, um, actually it's now now actually it's more like Dungeon Worlds, but uh yes. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. That, um, that, that, that was a joke for Claire and Claire alone. <laughs> yes, that wasn't that for me and me alone. You are correct. So, so anyways, that podcast can be found on Twitter at N-I-I-R-Y-F-Pod. And those are the letters for Not If I Reboot You First. They're pronounced Nierif. <laughs> Beyond that, uh, me and Lindsay, as, along with her friend, no, her brother Ryan, they're friends too, and our friend Duncan, we have a Pokemon Tabletop actual play podcast called Pokemon Adventures in the Millennium. And that can be found on Twitter at PKMN underscore Millennium. And then just recently, me and my friend Christina have started a Glee rewatch and recap review and recoil podcast called Loser Like Me. And that one can be found on Twitter at Loser Like Me Pod. And then as for me, myself, I can be found on Twitter at Sparky Upstart. Huzzah. Cool. Claire, you're up. 
Yeah, uh, if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Claire Mulcairin. If you want to listen to my old podcast, it's called Smash Fiction. There's a bajillion episodes of it. If if you want, just like the the there's like a little clump of episodes at the end, which is a bunch of bonus content. That is not the place to start. If you want to go back, just like scroll through the old episodes, and if you see two characters whose names you know with verses between them, uh, give it a listen, and you'll hear us argue about who would win in some sort of fight or contest between the two of them. And, and, it, uh, and it's great. Listeners, yeah. you should you should check it out. <laughs> uh, the only thing I'm doing nowadays, um, I'm working on um I'm working on a card game that should be coming out very soon, actually. Ooh, and, really? Uh, and uh, the other thing that I'm uh, and I'll give you more information when that comes, and you can like drop a drop a plug, Sam. Uh, I will. And, and the other thing that I'm working on is uh, I am I have a. So there's this podcast called Mega Dumbcast, which is a podcast by Chris Newton, who's a great podcaster. Um, and it's about Palladium, the role-playing game system, and how it is very, very dumb. And uh, <laughs> he started a side podcast about World of Darkness, i.e. like Vampire the Masquerade and stuff like that, about how that is also very, very dumb. And we, we love it, but it is dumb. And it is called uh, World of Dumbness. And it it is World of Dumbness colon Fuck Mary Slay is the full name. Because the basic way it works is that there are uh, there are nine vampire clans. This podcast is going to have nine episodes, and in each one we read the clan book, which is like a like a supplement book that has a bunch of information about that clan. And then we have to decide uh, if we meet a member of this clan, this vampire clan, would we fuck them, marry them, or slay them? And it leads to us design like it's it's very silly, and we're basically just yeah reviewing role-playing game books from like 1990 or something and they are very bad that is <laughs> so, very powerful uh, uh, i i highly recommend it the only downside of that one is it's behind a paywall uh it is on the mega dumbcast patreon uh mega dumbcast itself is just great and you should listen to it and if you want to hear me on it uh pay chris like one dollar and you can listen to it <laughs> so uh, and also, I do some writing online. I do. I'm sort of like a entertainment journalist by day. Uh, I write for the website Looper. If you want to see the stuff that I write there, go to Looper.com. If you go to the staff page, which is under About Us, and you click my beautiful little face, you can see all the articles that I've written. Some recent stuff I've written about The Invisible Man. Uh, I've written about bad movie plot twists. I've written stuff about Steven Universe. I've tangentially written some stuff about Digimon from time to time, but they have not yet allowed me to do a full article on Digimon, um, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, Audacity. Yeah. Monsters. Audacity. Digital monsters. Yeah, 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 I realized as I said. Because <laughs> it's a website. Yes. Cool. If you're interested in following me, I am on Twitter at Sam Gash, S-A-M-G-A-S-C-H, or you can follow the podcast at Ideal Remake on Twitter or Instagram, but mostly Instagram. Uh, and you can also join us on Facebook at Ideal Remake or Ideal Remake Podcast. But the thing you could do to support me, to support Not If I Reboot You First, to support uh, the Dumbcast is to go on Apple uh, Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. That is incredibly helpful. It is a nice thing to do. And if you're stuck at home quarantining, what else do you got? I mean, really. I mean, do you want, do you want to have a, something to do today? Do you? I bet you do. <laughs> go write a review coward i don't know it just felt that just that's where that's where that's where my mind is recently i need help anyway thank you both so much for uh being guests on ideal remake so we will end with this tanner claire what is your favorite quote from digimon the movie oh, I'm, I'm doing this off the top of my head so i may not get it exactly right 
Hi, this is Mimi. Let's get together for lunch. Leave a very short message after the beep. Beep. Mimi, I beep. (laughs) (laughs) Good. I love it. Tanner? Okay, that's one box of chocolate. Your total comes to 1,000,000, huh? Yeah, that's what it says. That must be really good chocolate. Paper or plastic? (laughs) Amazing. 